1: Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your hosts, Nate and Micah. Did you talk faster in that little section than you do ever. Yeah, I guess it's because I just know what I'm going to say. Welcome to the What's Missouri on? Woods and Water Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Now. Let's get going. Uh, Tales of the Chase, this go-around. We have not had one for a while. Yeah, well, Tory hey, Tory, yeah. Tory Cook. Tory Cook, this is for you, brother. Yeah, this is for you, man. Oh, you love these. I, I was just thinking about that. We need be, to get him on no, and talk be, about some you of need his to be deal. ready for a phone call. Yeah, for sure. So we really enjoy these type of shows. It's just getting a a good old boy on here just to talk about hunting and uh story. Well this one's like really unique and special. Yeah. Uh this guy kills an absolute giant, giant white tail here in the state of Missouri and it's still in velvet in November. So Yeah. We get, we get into it uh, of whatever what all happens, but it, a lot of history with it. Uh, Brian Johnson, he's the name. So uh, it, yeah. pretty cool stuff. Yeah, Brian, uh, we've actually known about this since, well, shortly after he
0: killed a, uh, killed the deer. A um, friend of our show, which we mentioned in the recording, Lee, uh, messaged us on Instagram and like, dude, you got to talk to this guy. Or I don't even know if he actually said, you got to talk to this guy. I should go back and read it. But I think I might even ask do you think he'd want to say that? talk about it? And he gave contact information and Brian and I talked months ago and you know, we're, the show's just busy and we kind of, I'm like, man, I don't know if this will work. He doesn't have good internet. This right. and, that. and then it turned out we didn't have a good internet in the show. And, <laughs> and so then, we had to do it a little different. Come to find out that's what I get for, you know, judging. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. then, then God's like, watch this. I'm not going to give you your internet for the next yeah. hour. So we had to kick it old school and do yeah. it over the phone. Did the phone. Uh, and it worked out pretty well. So, uh, thanks first off for coming on, Brian, and also uh, pivoting with us as we had to because you know he was a little bit like he nervous about what he needed to do. He even went to his son's house so he could get good internet and you know take care of us. And then we didn't even right. use Zoom. Yeah, but uh, it was a it did it. He did a great job, and it's an awesome story of a buck named Fuzzy. Fuzzy. Which is another buck with a nickname.
1: Yeah, make sure you guys go on the socials and look at the picture of this thing. Holy shit, it's just amazing.
0: You're not gonna understand this buck unless you see photos. Yeah, you. And in fact, check this out, Micah. You remember how he was saying? uh, You look at these side pictures. Okay, yeah. You look at that. His front picture looks awesome, but then look at the sides. That's crazy. Yeah, deer is just crazy, man. Um, So it's an awesome story. Let's hop into our sponsors before we uh, get into it real quick. Uh, First off, we've got Weber Outfitters. You and I and my Andy are going to be going to Weber in the beginning of June. Yeah,
1: next week or is that the week after? Week after next. Week after next. So looking forward to that, man. So if you guys are in the area or if you're traveling through, go check out Weber Outfitters out of Hawk Point. Hawk Point. Hawk Point. Real close to St. Louis, I believe, believe, ain't it? (laughs)
0: Also, um, to our buddy Adam and Josh there. you two guys are crazy.
1: Just, I was so, just wanted to say this. So okay? we, ha- we have a text thread We going have a group on, text with us. And they seem to think that St. Louis barbecue actually deserves to be at the same table yes. as Kansas, Kansas City, City barbecue. barbecue. And I, they're the only two people in this world that
0: think St. Louis <laughs> barbecue is worth... Being in the same house, right, as Kansas City barbecue, right.
1: I mean, it just Texas barbecue is laughing at you right now, Josh. That's all I want to say. Okay, Texas <laughs> laughing. Which I like Texas barbecue. So do I. Yeah, Texas barbecue, good barbecue. So do I. But when somebody says barbecue, nobody's thinking about St. Louis, bud, except for the name of the ribs. <laughs> yeah, you ha- you have your own cut style ribs. I'll give you that. But you can't cook them with a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh we kid, we kid. We <laughs> yeah, kid. we're just messing I'll go to Sugar Fire. Is That's that the only where, place I know that it's okay I, there. Me and Amy went somewhere we went there on a little vacation one time and we went to some barbecue joint and there was a big line, a lot of people there, barbecue was it was it was fine, you know, it's good. Yeah. We just like giving each they other. They just don't crap. have enough, you know. Right. But uh now, do they expect us to bring some barbecue? I, I don't know. I <laughs> mean, they might they might consider moving to if that's the Jack case. Stack. That's true. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, so anyway, Weber Outfitters. Check them out. WeberOutfitters.com. dot com. Um, on X, hop on On X Maps and download the uh, app today. Um, I still haven't got on it yet, but I'm going to be on the computer, you know, using all their features. Right. Well, uh, that's you got, what I love about the Wyoming it. trip yeah. to think about. Yeah, well, and about. you got the app, right? Yeah. But then you can get online and really get in detail if you really want to as well. For so, sure. Um, check them out on xmaps.com. Camo fire.
1: I almost got on there this morning, but I was in a hurry. Yeah, you need to kind of come up with a list of things you might need. so Definitely. Yeah, yeah
0: Camofire, Ancestor Company, Black Ovis. Black Ovis, uh, I definitely need to figure out what i need
1: russell and i need to figure out when we're going first right you kind of need to come up with the time frame because the benefit of that tag is you pretty much have all season you have all season you have all season so you know something to think about Uh, but one thing you definitely covered on is your huntworth gear you i am you got your camo covered proud of you got your camo covered so huntworth uh, gear huntworthgear.com um I,
0: I should be good no matter what on that stuff. You know, early season if it gets a little chilly, yeah. It should depend, be good depending on when
1: you go. Yep. That's one thing you need to check though. Also, is uh, I don't know what type of temps you're going to be dealing with that depending on what time of year. But yeah. I, I would assume it'd be different than Colorado what we're used to. Well, I mean, we're going to be in southern Wyoming, I think. So oh, it will so be... be too far from Colorado. Yeah. But okay.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, we'll have to look into it. Into it. Yeah. But yeah, check them out. Hunt with gear. Um, they've always got some good sales going on, and hop on our website. MissouriWoodsAndWater.com, for the discount code and link too. Yep. Uh, another thing I'm covered on is boots, man. Zamberland boots, uh, Zamberland USA. You're wearing them right now, and I just got mine yesterday. The
1: Anabasis. Yeah, Anabasis. What are they? Two nineteen. Two nineteen. That's yeah, good. Well, mine's two nineteen. Okay, mine. Are, yeah, mine are the shorts, and I mean they're my new tennis shoe. They're going so, Wyoming with me. Yeah. Here's
0: Super- what I like about them. They're not like as hardcore boot. As like, let's say the Lynx right. or the Leopard is really a boot. They're like a hiking, you know. But they're they're gore tex uh-huh. and they're half
1: the weight oh, as yeah, my Lynx. Yeah, these things, I mean, like I said, I have the shorts compared to you having the mids. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they're just like any other tennis shoe they're as far as. They're going to Wyoming. With for me. sure, man. Yeah. Heck
0: yeah. Um, so. so check them out at USA uh reveal cell cam reveal by tacticam heck yeah we've been getting pictures get pictures every day did you see my post the morning this i morning? did
1: man you switched to the video i need it i'm gonna wait later in the season i just I'll, wanted to do it right because like
0: say. in the post i've never in my life had any of my trail cameras set to video just because i don't want to take up the sd cards or the uh the memory so i've never done it and this right. time i did it i'm like that's so cool to watch a you know deer chewing on stuff for so sure. check them out, Reveal Cameras, Habitat Works. Get with our buddy Dustin. We're probably going to be doing a show soon with him about summer fire. Uh but mention us when you call, get 15% off any service, 816-752-7390. Athlon Optics. Ridiculous. God, yeah, optics. that thing. Ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. It's ridiculous that I can't say ridiculously. You need to start thinking about a uh spotting scope. It's probably a Good point. Need to get with our our buddy Drake there. For sure. Athlonoptics.com.
1: Find a dealer near you. Uh, Is that everybody? Alps. Alps Outdoors. Sorry, I missed one. Yeah, I'm going to be taking the Alps. The Elite Pack. Yeah. That's what I'll have out there. I need to get mine on and start walking with it just to get comfortable and, Mm -hmm. you know, get my legs in, in shape. For our upcoming hopefully we have hopefully full, yeah. yeah we haven't gotten our draw results hopefully by the time this show comes out that uh, draw so draw results will be in and we'll be able to come up with a game plan of what we're doing yep. so I think that's everybody uh, alpsoutdoors.com make sure you check out our website Missouri Woods and Water yep, we're going to be putting our gear list up there have you been working on yours no I haven't I forgot how to yeah. do it um <laughs> <laughs> but go go again. if anything go there uh you'll get all the discount codes that we have for all the sponsors that we mentioned so definitely go check it out all right thanks for listening let's get into our tales of the chase episode on a
0: buck named fuzzy with brian johnson let's do it this is the missouri woods and water podcast
1: all right with us today First Tales of the Chase we've done in a while. I know, we need to get back on them, but uh, yeah. this is a good one to get started up again. We've got
0: our new friend, Brian Johnson from Southeast Missouri. Brian, what's going on, bud? Not much, guys. Good to talk to you. You too, man. You too. Uh, Brian's
1: first um, podcast, podcast, and it uh, hasn't been- <laughs> went well for him. <laughs> it's been a shit show so far. <laughs> we've had internet <laughs> issues and phone issues, and hopefully we get it figured out where... Uh, We can get a good show going. Yeah. My internet company is about to lose themselves a customer. The problem is they're the only option. Right.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But man, they, they love dropping internet on me about the worst times. So, uh, I'm about done with them, but so we've had to, uh, end our zoom call with Brian and we've had to make a phone call and that didn't work. And then I switched cords and now I'm holding this cord in my hand so it doesn't move, (laughs) but it's working. (laughs) Uh, Before we get into this awesome show, Brian, why don't you introduce yourself, uh, tell us who you are, where you're from, and what is your favorite thing about growing up in the Missouri
2: outdoors? Sure, yeah. It's Brian Johnson. I'm in uh, southeast Missouri, working a paper mill, uh, do some farming, make turkey calls, and hunt every chance I get. Uh, Life gets pretty busy, but I like it that way. I, uh... I've got a daughter and twin sons and two grandsons, so actually uh, going to take one of the grandsons camping this weekend, so pretty excited about that. It'll be his first time out, as three-year-old, so. Oh, nice. Uh,
1: yeah, so.
2: What's uh, what's your favorite thing about Missouri? Oh, I think it offers a little bit of everything, and uh, I don't know, I do a lot of traveling to hunt, but I always come home, right? Yeah. Yeah, you were just in Nebraska hunting turkeys, weren't you? I was. I uh, hunted, uh, of course, Missouri, and then I uh, went to Kansas early season, and then Nebraska late season. Yes, uh, had, a, had a good year. What's What's your
1: favorite thing to hunt? Are you turkey? Were you one of those diehard turkey guys, or do you prefer? whitetail.
2: I am diehard turkey. Um, <laughs> if I <laughs> if I had to give something up, I guess it would be a deer, but. I, I spend more time deer hunting. I bow hunt a lot, um, rifle hunt some. It doesn't doesn't excite me near as much as the archery hunting. But uh, yeah, to go to Kansas every year until uh, I guess three years ago they started uh, selling out on tags. So yep, now I think it's going to become pretty much every other year. But I've been going out there every year for I don't know 15 years or so. Uh, hunting walk in and got a few private farmers that let us go, but you know they let everybody else go too so uh but you know it's it's fun and we've killed some nice deer out there so
1: yeah that's one thing we haven't gotten into yet as far as and we should have been doing it for a long time now but going next door over to kansas and trying to get on some of those whitetails i guess it's just i don't know yes. get too busy with other things and trying to get it done but around here the old, the old adage why leave deer to find deer right yeah, yeah you know. too. and
2: the, the the problem is the first two weeks in november is only two weeks so you can only do so much <laughs> right it, you know you'd you'd like to have two or three states but take some time to get a get a big one found and killed so
1: yeah yep. and for me that's when i start getting busy at work so i'm kind of limited you know uh, once mm-hmm. that time change i'm i'm pretty much stuck to the weekends just because work gets busy and don't get done sure. till it's dark so that's yeah. another thing but Enough complaining. I was going to attempt Kansas this year, and I didn't. I didn't get didn't put get it in, in time. Oh, you didn't put it in. Yeah. Okay. So.
2: Yeah, they should be dropping the draw. The draws here uh, any day now. I know the uh, the tag hit my credit card, but they said that's not a that doesn't mean you got drawn, and the permit's not showing up on my app yet. So, but I would I would think any day now. I'll find out if I get drawn this year. I did not last year. So.
1: Yeah, that's that's. That's exciting. We're we're still waiting on Colorado to figure out if we got drawn there, and then. But Nathan, he found out, I don't know, a week or two, week or so ago that yeah. he got drawn for Wyoming. So he's going to be going up to Wyoming this year for some oh, elk hunting. Awesome. Cont- yeah, yeah, so pretty exciting stuff there. For sure. Yep,
0: definitely. Well, we ain't talking about elk today. We're talking about a badass Missouri deer, <laughs> and when I mean badass, uh, first. Brian, I hope you're okay with this. We want to give a shout-out to a friend of the show, uh, Lee. Sure. Lee told us about this thing. And when he sent me the picture, I said, holy shit, we've got to talk to this guy. <laughs> um, the the people listening will see the picture, obviously, but um, this buck ended up scoring, what would you say, 218 inches or something?
2: Uh, 218 is what they were uh, grossed him, rough grossed him at at the uh – the taxidermist yeah um i've never had him like officially scored or i guess nobody's really other other than that guy that day yeah has put a tape on him Uh, so you know i got nothing official but yeah that's what
0: in and of itself a 218 inch deer is badass and gross is all i care about because nets are for fish um but what makes this buck even crazier is he's in full velvet and you killed this buck on what day
2: uh I think it was November
0: 12th. Oh wow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
2: Full yeah. velvet buck. Yeah. Now we'll Full get velvet. into
0: we'll get into the whole story of this buck in a second, but that's what's so cool is it's a giant and in velvet. You just don't see that very often. No, you no. know. Um so uh let's before we get into the 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 actual hunt, you know, cuz you you've known this deer for several years from the discussion you and I had. Yeah. Uh let's talk about the property that you're hunting him on first, kind of paint a okay. picture to the listener about, you know, what this property lays out like, um, how you kind of hunt it so that as we're telling these stories, they can kind of picture what, what you had going on.
2: Sure. Yeah. It's a, um, uh, it's 250 acres. It's 200 acres across the road. It's a, it's the farm that I live on. And, um, uh, and the 200 acres across the road is probably 60, 40, uh, 60% timber, 40% cleared, uh, a couple small cow pastures, but the rest of the cleared land is corn and soybeans down in the bottoms. There's two, I'll call them dry creeks. Uh, it doesn't take much rain. They get, they get up pretty good, but, um, and they come together actually on our farm and then merge into one and go and continue on. And, um, I guess on the far back the east end of this 200 acres there's a 40 acre square of timber and it was clear cut probably in the 80s I think and it was been a jungle for quite a while and it's finally starting to open up and I went in the center of it and put me a one acre food plot with a dozer and been been pretty religious about getting uh having plots in there and and uh it's it's been real great, but just because there's pretty good deer numbers right there and, and it's back secluded in the middle of the woods and try to hunt it smart and, and it's been been productive. So
1: how how long have you had uh permission or owned, whichever the case may be, how long have you been hunting this property?
2: Oh all my life, I guess, okay. since I was we I think we bought it in I don't even know, late eighties. Okay, so you all have had it quite a while then. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. sweet. Yeah. And, actually, and, you uh, know, oddly enough, back then, uh, you might see a deer or two just farming, you know, uh, checking cows, working ground, doing whatever, and uh, now they're everywhere. So our, our deer numbers are yeah triple what they was just 10 years ago.
0: My father-in-law said the same thing. I think my father-in-law and you are close to similar ages. Uh, I think he's a little older, but mm-hmm. he said, you know, growing up when he was a kid – it was a big deal to see a deer Mm -hmm. and now we're talking about you know like passing on three and a half year olds and you know holding out for a 160 or whatever and he's like i just can't understand any of that right yeah
2: times have really really changed i mean hell you i can remember going days without seeing a deer i mean that wasn't uncommon yeah and if you've seen one and wanted one you better shoot it you know uh but now like i said the the, our bucks have gotten much better just because we've got more deer and and a lot of the older generations that just wanted to shoot a buck or a deer they you know they've uh, now we got kind of a different mindset with our hunters and a lot of people are passing the younger bucks and you know there was there was a time not that long ago that 125 inch deer if somebody killed that around close to home everybody knew about it you know right and uh now that number's high, considerably higher than that, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, for all for all the things I kind of disagree on, some of the stuff they do, MDC definitely, you know, and the people that really put their heads down back in the day to work on our deer population, they did something right, because, I yes. mean, the herd, I think we've got one of the largest deer herds in America in the state
2: of Missouri. Right, so. yeah, they're right where I'm at. There's, there's too many. I mean, the crop damage is is pretty bad and hell I'd trade half of them for turkeys. So our turkey numbers are turkey numbers are down and you deer s- numbers are up. You so.
0: stop that shit right now. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> talking you crazy. Just, you just you just need to go on a good turkey hunt maybe. That it's, might be true. It sounds like
0: yeah. it. <laughs> um okay, so you know that's the property that you're hunting. <laughs> uh you have the the great advantage of living where you hunt that's nice because yes you can uh you can you know don't have that drive to, to your hunting property that's always great but this deer in particular how did you first get to know him in fact I think when you told me the story when you and I talked last week you were standing in the middle of that food plot planting weren't you
2: uh I was I was actually mowing that food plot it's got clover in it right now and I was mowing it when you called me yeah
0: yeah that's pretty awesome so yeah. how, how did this whole s- first off does the
2: buck have a nickname he does uh, really really unique right uh we called him fuzzy Fuzzy, that's a good <laughs> that's one Funny, that's a good nickname <laughs> he didn't really earn a nickname until he got big enough you know and by that time he was fuzzy so that that just kind of stuck um you're just losing yeah. this b-
0: battle micah that's all I i'm guess, saying i guess i'll just start naming just just my deer that something I don't so <laughs> brian i don't know how much you know about us or not but uh yeah i am a huge fan of nicknaming deer and micah thinks it's dumb
2: Right, right, And so
0: anytime we get a chance to talk to somebody, that's one of the questions I like to ask because I almost
2: always win. Right. Yeah, well, you know, when you talk about a deer as much as I talked about this deer, you, you, he almost has to have a name. That's, that's my my point exactly. It makes, well, I mean, this, this thing, over the course of six years, now the first three not so much, but the last three, I mean, every friend and family member I talked to, no matter what it was for or about, before we got off the phone or they left or whatever um that deer came up you know how hey, you been getting any pictures you know been seeing him right you know so. so
0: what i'm trying to get at is micah can i get a firm yes from you that you will nickname deer this year it's still up in the air bud we'll see <laughs> we'll see
1: if any deer show up first hey, and then if, we'll go from there if
0: that deer you and i had come out shows up again Oh, I'll, I'll nickname you. him for sure. I already got a name for him. <laughs> all right. Um, okay. So talk about the first year you saw this deer and kind of how this all started.
2: Sure. So the um, first year I got this deer on camera was uh, 2017 and I had him at two and a half or three and a half years old. And the more I look at the picture, I think he. I was stuck on, he was two and a half because of his rack. But now I think he may have been three and a half. But he was a um, slick eight. He had a unique his beams on the end swooped up, real unique. Um, just a beautiful deer, but wasn't wasn't big enough. I honestly don't know why I kept a picture of him. Uh, other than I thought, man, if he makes it, you know, next year he's going to be pretty, pretty damn nice. And and uh, but I did. I kept a picture of him, and uh, that was you know ain't much to say about 17 well 18 rolls around and i had him at three and a half well sure enough he shows back up and he is a a a nice eight pointer for this part of the world he's a you know i hate to guess scores but he's pushing 140 maybe and had him pretty regular early on camera at the food plot and then uh, 20 rolls around and he turns into an eight point that dreams are made of. I mean, he's just giant. He's got times that just skyrocket. He's just slick and perfect and he's a deer nobody can pass at this point. Well, those three years, all three years, I would have him until about the fifth or the 10th of September and he would disappear.
1: Wow, so he would he would bow out early. Yeah, he'd yeah.
2: summer on but, you and then yeah, move out. Prior, that's right. Prior to even archery season opening up, he would leave, and uh, you know I, I see that happen quite often. These deer re- relocate. I lose some, and I and I pick some up, you know, but uh, from the neighbors or whatever. But he would leave, and I wouldn't I wouldn't see him again until the next spring or the next summer. You know, when they started growing again. I mean, he didn't even come back. You'd think he'd come back to the ag fields, you know, back in, you know, late season, but I wasn't even getting that. So he was pretty much like a ghost and, and uh, don't know where he went or where he stayed or what he did. But uh, in 21, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. 19, I, 18. Yeah, not, 19. 19 was yep. when he was the big eight. I goofed that up. 20 is, is, is when he, Was stayed in velvet for the first time can i
0: can i stop in 2019 and ask you a question Sure. so he 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 bowed out you know before season basically started yes did you hear about him anywhere else like no was was he so was it no was it possible that he stayed on you that and you didn't know or did you have that place pretty well covered that you'd have known if he was there
2: i had it what i thought was pretty covered i had several cameras running um a few and just places i never went to and never moved that i would get him and uh, i had a few other cameras that i jockeyed around trying to get different deer and just never could get them so i mean it, it's possible because there's enough acreage there but there's also neighboring properties with uh, better cover and but you know they all get hunted good and you know every year i, I assumed well he probably got poked in Firearm season, you know, but then he would show back up the next summer. So I don't know. He had a good hiding spot, but I still don't know where it was.
1: <laughs> That's interesting. It's amazing yeah, how deer yeah. can just disappear like that.
2: It is. Yeah. And aggravating. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, it's very
1: irritating. But you would think yeah. a neighbor or something. If it's you know one of those unique deer, you you would think that somebody would yeah. see something at some point.
2: Yeah. And 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 at that point, he was he when he was still hard horned, shedding his rack, doing yeah. all that. Um, he was big enough that I thought, well, you know, if the right person that owned 40 acres, three miles from here, from out of town, killed him, I wouldn't hear about it, you know. But once he got, you know, once we get further in the story and he got big, like real big, I mean, I, I felt like I would have heard about it, you know, if he would have got killed. And I, every every firearm season, I just assumed that, you know, somebody was going to kill his deer because there's a lot of of uh, gun pressure there, you know, everybody everybody gun hunts so mm-hmm. and there's no no land around me that's not getting hunted so but he would he would really be hitting this on on camera it's not like i would just really having nailed down or anything even those even those earlier three years and then of course uh 20 comes around and i got him at five and a half and he may have been six and a half and uh he's a giant eight and i mean bigger than last year he's got a g2 that i'm guessing was 15 inches Uh, he developed a drop tine on one side a little sticker somewhere else but other than that same characteristics swooped up in main beams and uh, i thought man this this is this is going to be the year i mean we gotta this we gotta get serious about killing this deer so we did me and my wife sheep sheep bow hunts a lot with me and uh, she's real serious about it oh nice yeah yeah so and handy enough right right across the road from the house so she can especially early season she can get home from work and hunt yeah you know there's enough daylight so but he uh he really blew up well uh you know velvet shedding season i just assumed well hell he's gonna he's gonna disappear again you know well he didn't and he didn't lose his velvet And he kept it and kept it and kept it. And I I couldn't figure out what was going on. And he, he wasn't leaving either, but I was getting all nighttime pictures and, you know, you know, the drill, you know, these these older deer, uh, occasional, occasional daylight picture, not much. So I was pretty stuck on hunting him in 20. So, um, never laid eyes on him. Actually, my wife did see him in, um, yeah, Sarah seen him in muzzleloader season, and uh, she said he was just like he had a sixth sense. He uh, he come up to a fence. She had three does right in front of her feet, and then he come up to a fence and was going to jump the fence and go out there with them. And he stood there for like five or ten minutes, just looking around, and just finally turned around and slipped back into the timber. You know, and the wind was right and everything, and he just he just didn't like it. So, and to my knowledge, he's the only person that's seen him that year. Um, I never laid eyes on him and then, uh, see 21 rolls around and I got him at six and a half or seven and a half. And, and he, he starts blowing up and he, and I didn't know what was going on. We'll get to that in a minute, but right. his mat, his mass on his beams was just getting crazy. Phenomenal. <laughs> yes. And he blew up into 15 points and still had time length like crazy and Couple, I think he had two or two or three drops. I don't even remember. And honestly, I think that was his biggest. I think um, he he probably would have outscored what he does today. But and that was that said. was in
0: 2021, so the year before right. you killed him. Okay, exactly.
2: Yeah, and and maybe not because he did gain some mass, but but he did lose time length. But so so 21, I really started keeping track of hey when I'm getting pictures of this deer in daylight, which wasn't hard to do because it wasn't very many times and um, moving cameras and getting getting real serious about it and I'm being real cautious with the wind where I'm where I'm hunting and when I'm hunting and trying to hunt the fronts and, you know, doing all the simple, easy things or the right things and not over hunting it. And one let's see, I think it was in December, one evening, I was in a I've got a couple hang ons on this small food plot and I've got a, there's a shooting house there as well. And, um, I, I kind of despise hunting out of it quite honestly, because I feel like I can't see shit. I'm the I'm same always, way, man. <laughs> I'm bobbing <laughs> my the head same left and right and trying to, I've got these blind corners and I'm thinking I'm missing something. And then I hear something and I can't tell what direction it is. And, um, but that being said, they're effective, you know, they're, they're great for scent control and they're great for hiding and, so anyway, I, I've got to be in this thing because of the wind I had. So, so I'm, so I'm in there and the food plots, there's a nice cold front in December and the deer are piling in this food plot. And I'm thinking this, this is going to be maybe the evening, you know, that he's going to show. And, and, uh, this, this few small bucks and a bunch of does were out there and I had, uh, turnips and radishes out there and, and they were just ripping them, you know, and, and this, this, big deer he's um he actually run all summer with uh, with fuzzy, and this big deer pops out at twenty yards and he's got he's only got one eye and I've, I've had several years of history with this deer as well and they they always spend the summer together and then once the rut hits, well you know fuzzy's got no interest in the rut and the other deer peels off and does his thing. anyway this deer walks out and and i'm thinking you know i don't even think about shooting this deer which i've kind of just committed my tag to this this deer or nothing i'm thinking well maybe they've gotten back together and maybe he's going to pop out you know so i'm waiting and waiting and and finally bigger than he he steps out and by now it's 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 last light you know it's and i'm in this damn blind well Hell, he steps out at 20 yards. I draw my bow, lean over to the window, and I can't see nothing. It's <laughs> inside of that thing was so dark. So much darker, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. If I'd have been in a, a hang on on the edge, you know, I could have zipped him maybe. But um, anyway, he, he he turns, and then I let my bow down. And I'm like, I'm not going to get this done. And he turns and walks straight toward me, he probably got 15 yards from that little hut. And, and he turned and went past another window, which was. Uh, actually better for me and I drew again on him he ended up drawing three times on the deer and never never could feel good about letting it letting it go so I didn't and then I was stuck you know and then it gets darker and dark it's pitch dark now and I can all I can do here here is the uh, deer walking around on the frozen ground and I got my phone laying on the floor upside down and it starts buzzing and I know it's Sarah she's probably thinking I fell out of a tree or what you know why the hell hadn't she heard from me and I grab it and I'm just going to try to look at it and text her and tell her, Hey, bring the side by side and maybe chase these deer off with that instead of me popping out of this hut. And, and uh, you know, I turned it over and it's like a damn, you know, landing strip. It lit the whole thing up. I was oh, like, yeah. this ain't going to work, you know? So I flipped it back over real quick. I'm like, I cannot scare this deer. And I was like, I don't know how long I'm going to have to sit here. And finally, um, oddly enough, two bucks started fighting and I don't know if they were little ones or, or I don't know what they were. Right. You could was, just like hear the it. Yeah. Yes, they was clanging and banging and uh, they was getting with it. And, man, deer started running and snorting and blowing and deer started running out of the food plot and running right past me. And, you know, I can't see my hand in front of my face. And they're just bailing. They're they're all getting out of there. And them deer fought. L.A. didn't fight in maybe 30 seconds. And, and that ended. And then I sit there for like two minutes and I couldn't hear anything walking. And I'm like, I'm out of here. I grabbed my. Scooped up all my stuff and got out of there, and I felt like I got out of there undetected, you know. But uh, so anyway, that was that was the only time I actually put eyes on that deer, and before until the day I killed him. But uh, that is it was, a uh... it was it was crazy because when he come out, I mean that other deer is nice, but when this deer come out, and I think he was at his biggest that year, but when he come out, he. He was real cautious, but when he would feed, he'd put his head down, and when he would pick it up and, and just swing it, it looked like – I mean, I can't even describe what it looked like on his head. i never, you know, never seen a deer like this, so it was um, amazing.
0: That's a true testament to um, self-control. Yeah. Because I can, I can almost bet you a large, large portion of hunters out there with that deer in front of them that close, they're going to try to squeeze that shot off, are going to try to like I, – I, I can I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Even though right. it wasn't the right, you know, obviously for you, wasn't the right move. Right. Man, I, I can just like, I can even see myself talking myself into it. Be like, he's right here. It's it's impossible <laughs> to miss this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you end up banging the, hitting the arrow on the side of the, the window on the way out because it was a little dark for you or whatever. You know, all that right. stuff, right. you know, nothing illegal about it. You're, you're shooting during legal light, but. Right, man. Those last couple minutes sometimes are difficult,
2: and oh, uh, it, it, yeah, it was it was it was something. And, and and oddly enough, I didn't get all shook up and everything. I was completely calm and uh, gathered all my stuff, and I started walking back to the side by side. And I was walking off the hill, and I was like, I just seen that. You know, it kind of sunk in as I was walking out. And I, was, and then I got all excited. You know, I couldn't wait to get back and tell her I actually seen him and feel like I'm getting close. You know, right.
1: <laughs> closing the gap
2: and, yep. and that was tw-
0: and that was 22 that was 21. 21
2: 21 excuse me 21 that was 21 december and 21 yeah so 20 22 rolls around and then i discover oh it was early it was i don't even know i'd have to look back but april probably um i get pictures of this deer and uh he's still got his main beams but all his tines have crumbled off crumbled huh that's that's what i would describe it because the late season pictures i was getting of him in 21 they looked almost petrified like they were i don't even know how to describe it but they were strange looking and, and a couple of the pictures i thought well that time shorter part of it's broken off or fell off well anyway i get him in april and he's got nothing but his beams I was like, well, but he damn. still
0: has the beams. Still, That's the uh, craziest. Still Still, has, beam. still yeah.
2: has, still has the beams, and they're you know like a damn baseball bat, you know, and uh, so I watched him off and on, and he would go, he would, he would go on hiatuses. I I don't know what he did, but you know, I might get him two out of four days, and then not get him for three weeks, and then the next time I got him might be noon, you know, when it was a hundred degrees. It was, it was, he was getting a lot more sporadic. I, which I kept thinking that this deer, the older he gets, maybe he'd let his guard down a little bit. You know, you know, I've, I've heard that. I don't, never experienced it, but he, I just couldn't couldn't pin him down. when we get we get close to um, close to archery season, and oddly enough, in uh, 21, he was killable one time in September. Uh, had him in daylight in September once, and once in late December, and the funny thing was, in um, 20, the same thing, the dates were within a few days, I had him two different times, once in December, and once in September, and they were always cold fronts, you know, just when you think, man, I need to be out there, it was, uh, uh, but, you know, of course, I never was, you know, life gets busy, like we said earlier, so, but, uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, twenty.
1: Yeah, I don't get start getting excited for deer hunt until usually like October.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, I hear you. Well, I, I, I'm running a lot of cameras. If you've got the food, I I still say it's not as not near as a, uh, exciting to hunt the first week of archery season. But I think it can be, and probably is the most productive if you've got a big deer that you can pattern. But you know, the rut, of course, is what everybody wants, and me too. I mean, I love watching the chasing and, and all that, but it's a whole lot easier for your buck to be three miles away. Yeah. You know, on a, somebody no else's <laughs> land in front of their gun. Yep. Right. Yep. So, yeah. So 22 comes along and, and I'm playing cat and mouse with him and he's, he's, he's pretty much doing the same, you know, he's hard to, hard to pin down and I've not laid eyes on him. And I've, I've, I've actually told Sarah, before gun season the week before uh i'd hunted illinois some and and uh was bouncing back and forth from missouri to illinois bow hunting had a few weeks off and and i said when firearm season gets here uh, i feel like i'm further away from killing this deer than i have been in three years and she's like well you, you know she's being a cheerleader you know telling me that i'm gonna do it and all this and well I, I finally decided right before firearm season, Hey, if I see, cause I'd passed some damn nice deer the last two years. And I told her, I said, I'm going to go in deeper than I've ever went in gun season because I always played it really cautious in gun season. Cause the last thing I wanted to do was jumping, send him somewhere send else. Yeah, push sure. Him out. You know, cause the woods are full of people and, and, uh, I thought, well, if he is laying back in there, let him lay. Uh, but I thought I'm going to be a little more aggressive and, uh, if i do see another big deer you know a big one i'm gonna shoot it and uh, so i go back in there actually opening opening day of firearm season it had been i don't know what it was like where you all were but uh, cold the two and windy weeks lead, well <laughs> the two weeks leading up to that when i was trying to bow hunt illinois and missouri it was 75 80 degrees it yep, was terrible that's correct and that front come through, I guess it was Friday night before our Saturday opener. And we actually had a coating of snow in yep. it. Well, we didn't, ha- we didn't have off. snow, but
0: yeah, I, was... I do remember that front. Yeah. It got cold yeah, we... and windy. windy. Yeah. I remember it being yes. in the tree when the cold front hit on that Thursday and thought, yeah, Oh, so... I'm going to kill something.
2: Right. Yep. Right. Well, it hit here, I guess that Friday or Friday night and and thought, man, things are going to be good. You know, they're, maybe, maybe it's going to happen. So i like I said, I went in deeper that morning and, um uh, seen a a fair amount of deer and actually seen a deer that maybe i needed a little better look at but i thought i was going to shoot he was dogging a doe and he was way down through the timber and you know never would hold still i never got a good look and i guess it was fate i don't know but uh hunted that morning and went in for lunch and and uh, her and i went back that afternoon and i told her i said well you you go back to where I sat this morning, somebody needs to be there. Cause there's a good deer back in that corner. I'm sure they laid there all morning or all day. And she's like, no, you, you she's been pushing for me to try to kill this big deer. You know, she's kind of laid back and hunted at the fringes. And, and, uh, I said, okay, I'll go back in there. You know, So I dropped her off down by the creek and she hunted a cornfield, um, cut cornfield. And I went back, walked in behind the food plot and, and, uh, went back to the exact same place i sat that morning and uh, it was i wasn't seeing any deer and and like i said it was a pretty good skip of snow an inch or two and finally deer started moving and i seen this these two does way down in the timber and they were about where i had seen that buck that morning and i thought well he's he's gonna push them up here They was because they was coming straight toward me and i was watching them and it was about as far as you could see through the woods so i was really having to look with the binos and and uh, finally, they all of a sudden they stopped, and man, they threw their heads up and they started looking and looking and looking. And I thought, well, there ain't no way in hell they see or smell me, but they've seen something, you know. And I'm looking at them and looking at them, and finally I decided, well, that one on the right, she's looking to my right. She's not looking directly at me, and I let my binoculars down and looked over, and there there stands a deer, and his body's, you know, like a mule. And he's all the way over on the other ridge from me, but with the snow on it and everything, I see, instantly see him. And I eased around and pulled my binoculars up on him. And as soon as I did, all I seen was his left beam, and I seen that velvet on there, and I was like, oh, shit. There he is. <laughs> yes, it's go time, you know. So I eased my binoculars down and, and uh, pivoted and, and got my rifle on him. Well, he was standing in the absolute worst spot. He, his, all his vitals were covered with brush and uh, he he was standing there looking directly away from me he was looking up toward the food plot I don't know if he was going to go in it but he, that's the way he was facing I thought well this is he's looking directly away from me you know if I got time well I'm I guess I'm in autopilot I don't know I don't remember much of this but I see his vitals are completely covered and I just ease up on his neck with the scope and there's a little softball size hole and I mean, I just shot him. I didn't think, hey, let's let him take two steps. He had a nice hole there, and I put one in him. He reared up straight like a like a horse and fell straight over backwards and damned his rack into the ground. Don't oh. break that <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, he just broke off half that shit he had. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he he's not even moving. And and I'm like, so, I mean, this all happened, and I'm. A few seconds, and I'm like, oh my god. And I mean, as, as soon as that happened, my phone started buzzing, you know. And I'm not even looking at that, I'm watching this thing to make sure he's not going to try to get up because there's a pretty good poke over there. And uh, uh I sat there for I don't know, it was seemed like a good little bit. Well, then he starts kicking, and his head, I guess, he's got his tie stuck in the ground. And I'm like, well, he starts thrashing with his legs. And I'm like, well, now he's for sure going to break all his shit off. So mm-hmm. I threw my rifle up again and I found finally found a little bitty spot between his shoulder blades. He had a spine cord. So I put another one in there and then he just wilted and, and that was it. And anyway, I was like, you know, reality's sitting in I can't believe I killed this deer. And I grabbed my phone and, you know, she's already called me two or three times. She knew it was me and she knew if I shot, but. It was probably going to be a Adam, good I one likelihood that yeah. it was him. Yeah. And uh, uh, so I thought, well, I, I need to, I'm going to walk over here before I, you know, get, make things are under control before I get on a damn phone. So I'll hike over there. And there he is dead as could be horn stuck upside down in the ground. And I walked up on this deer and I'm like, I, I think I was numb from looking at trail camera pictures of this deer for so many years that I didn't realize how big he was. Until I walked up on him, and it was like, "Yeah, he's he's bigger than I thought." And, what, uh, what was that feeling? I mean, it was overwhelming. I mean, it was like, I don't I don't even know how to describe it. You know, was there any type of like, "Dang it, now it's over"? <laughs> there was, but there wasn't right then. Yeah. Um, so I I looked, and she'd call me a time or three, whatever. I call her back, and she said is that you the shot? And I, I, was like, yep. And she said, what'd you, what'd you get? And I said, the story's over. Are you serious? She, I mean, she just went crazy, you know, and it, and there was still 30 minutes of light left or, or better probably. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she said, I'm, I'm, where do you want me to come? I'm going to come up there. She had the side to side. And I was like, well, you can hunt till dark. No, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she, 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 I said, well, just drive up to the food plot and I'll meet you up there and we'll walk down in there. And, and uh, it was it was crazy she come up there and and she, you know we didn't even know what to say to each other it was just um uh, it was overwhelming we uh and when we walked down to it she was just in disbelief you know literally in tears it's like can't believe how big this thing is it looks fake you know and uh, it does yeah, i mean it, it kind of like
0: you don't ever see a, a buck that size in velvet, in velvet, in November, <laughs> right? No, because exactly. y- you typically see deer that have you know velvet antlers are either does or bucks without nuts. Now we'll we'll talk about that in a second, but yeah, th- and they're never big. You know, they're never huge. I mean, right. There's been big ones, like there was that one that there was that killed,
1: doe that was killed, uh, but she was still not huge. Like right, you know, not it wasn't. It was inches. like it looked real spindly. Yeah, so. And you got this thing that looks
0: like a world class deer coated in velvet in the middle of November. Right. You know? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, crazy. You just don't see that
2: ever. You know? No, you don't. It's, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a few days or so before it was like, you know, and this this probably sounds dumb to a lot of people, but bittersweet. It was like, that deer was such a big part of our lives that, I, I couldn't even get excited about going and checking a trail camera, you know, because everything I did deer hunting related revolved around that deer for six years. years. You yeah, know? five so, or six uh, years. I mean, that's crazy. Is so, yeah. It was, but you know, yeah, it was. It was an awesome feeling walking up on him. It was something.
0: Very few people have that long of a story with a deer.
2: You know, I mean, yeah, you knew that him. Sounds like for yeah. six
0: years. Right. Uh, you know, hunted for five at least, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, then that's that's
1: the story. Did but did you happen to get him aged?
2: I did not. I have his jaw. I haven't sent it off or nothing. But I would, I would, I feel pretty comfortable saying he was a minimum. He was at least six. Well, <laughs> <So> he <was laughs> we know a, that <laughs> he was a minimum of seven. You're right, right. He was he was seven and a half, and maybe eight and a half. Is, is yeah, what that I think makes he sense. Was. It's an old yeah.
0: deer. It's an old deer. Yeah. So but, the year but yeah, that um, – let's see here. So 2020 mm-hmm. was the first year – and you can tell me if I'm wrong here. That was the first year that he stuck around after September That's with you? That's correct. And that was, was the, the first year. year you noticed him stay in velvet? That's correct. So I wonder yep. – so I guess we'll get into this quick, real quick. What okay. what, what did it up – happen? what did you find on him? After so the fact I, that, you know, probably contributed to him having velvet antlers for the last three years.
2: Right. So, I guess they call that like uh, crypt, crypt orchard or something. There's a condition where they don't produce the testosterone to that they need to, to do all the rubbing and, and chasing does and all that. But, um, yeah, he. I assumed that at some point leading up to that year, he had ripped his nuts on a fence or got in a fight or he had done some kind of damage downstairs and um, obviously the first thing I looked at was that and he didn't even have a, a sack but when I field dressed him I did find he had two nuts and they were small like super small like uh, half as big as a marble hey so, it's alright buddy <laughs> it's okay buddy <laughs> I don't – I haven't talked to anybody or, or I, you know, that's about all I can tell you. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't see a scar. I didn't see anything like that. Well, in the the year, the three years prior to that, he was hard-horned. Hard-horned. And, and lost those ears.
0: Yeah. Yep. So I wonder – this is just my thinking just because it, it's interesting to me, the first year that he was in velvet was also the first year he stayed on you. Uh-huh. I'm wondering if he got injured after he left – Like you were saying, ripped his nuts somewhere or something happened to him after he left, and once he came back, he's like, well, I'm not going back there, you know, damn near died or whatever happened to me, and that's what caused him to stay on you for the last three years because it sounded like he pretty much stayed on you after that.
2: Uh, Um, Me and some neighbors, yeah, but I don't think he went far. You know, uh, kept shrunk his area. I guess is what I yeah, that's would, right. would it, say. That's right. It did shrink. I, I had to shrink. Yes. And uh,
0: <laughs> no pun intended. And <laughs> you know, almost <laughs> like almost did you a solid because his antlers kept his antlers kept doing what they were doing.
1: They just. I, I find it interesting that like uh, when other deer are shedding their antlers, that his were like decaying and crumbling. It seemed
2: like yes. So that, that's, that's something strange. I've never. I've never heard of that, but he would, like I said, he would keep his beams. Now, I can't say for sure, but I'm pretty sure all three years he kept his beams, but I know he did the last year.
0: Yeah, and then he just kept, yeah. like, growing beams on beams, It almost. It, yeah. yeah,
2: his mass just got bigger, you know, and uh, and he'd shoot tines up everywhere. You know, I think he had, like, maybe five drop tines or something like that. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, for sure, and, he, yeah, he was – I don't know He uh, if that had, you know, it's a puzzle that I guess will never get put together, but, you know, between sure, the testosterone right. deal, he would run with bucks uh, all summer long and act like a regular buck through the summer, hang out with bucks. Like I said, he hung out with that one-eyed deer the last couple of years through the summer, and then when the rut would start kicking, you know, that deer would take off, and, and, uh, and then I always thought, you know, well, when that buck leaves him, maybe he'll take up with the doe family, you know, and get killable. But, you know, he stayed completely by himself.
1: He was a true eunuch. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know what I'm saying? So he probably just literally ate and slept and, you know, moseyed around.
2: That's it. He didn't have any other interest.
1: That's That's interesting, man. I mean. It's fascinating.
2: And it's, it's,
0: it's, I've never heard a story like that one where it happened halfway through their life. It's usually like, well, this buck never had nuts. You know, his nuts never dropped or whatever happened. Right. But this one was when the deer was, uh, what, let's see, five probably, somewhere in there. Then something changed, and he either got hurt or something something didn't go go right. And all of a sudden, this deer goes from normal, quote-unquote, to freaky. But you don't ever hear about it going freaky to the point where it's 218 inches. You hear about it, well, yeah, he lost his nuts and now he doesn't do anything. He's got little fuzzy balls that sit on top of his head every once in a while and then they fall off by September 20th, you know, just nothing happens. This deer continued growing his rack, almost seemed like his natural progression continued happening, but it just happened in a different manner than any of us are used to hearing.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely unique.
0: And uh, you're in a CWD zone. Correct. So you had to take him in to get uh, whatever happens. They take Tested. a sample. Yes. yes.
1: And you were saying. Uh, you Did they? Well, when, when, I showed, when I killed my buck uh, in 2018, they gave me the option to be like, hey, are you going to get this mounted? Uh, I told them yes. And so they didn't actually end up doing the test. Did you right. have that option in your yes. area? Okay.
0: Yeah, same way. Okay. And you said you yeah. drove in there and you kind of stopped the line there. I mean, because
2: oh, it was it you turned into a madhouse. Yeah, the the line we pulled in and it was actually moving uh, a little bit, and and uh, we got up there and people started noticing that deer And before you know it, the tailgate's down and everything comes to a, a halt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we screwed the line up pretty bad, but uh, yeah, it was a lot of pictures taken. Hell, before we even got out of the parking lot, we was getting pictures from pictures from people from. We didn't even know that, hey, is this your truck? And it was it was nuts, yeah. That's crazy.
0: What, um how nervous were you to
2: handle him? You know, it it not terribly because it's the velvet on it is looked a lot different to me this past year when I killed him. It looked it, it's not beautiful velvet, it's it's more matty, it almost looks like it's already been handled, if that makes sense. The year before, the two years before that it was real like early season beautiful velvet just really sticking out and his beams are i don't know they're kind of just gnarly and matty looking um but now his tines are, are i was a little cautious about it you know i mean we didn't just like fondling non-stop and a lot of most people of course would ask you know hey you care if i touch it but uh yeah we we uh we made a night out of that one i think didn't get much sleep.
0: I know.
1: I mean, I'm looking at the picture right now that you texted me. Just the mass on that <laughs> thing is just ridiculous. It's his, his, at the base, they're almost, both antlers are almost touching each other in the middle of his forehead. Yep. The mass is so big. It's ridiculous.
2: Yeah, you can't put two fingers between them. Yeah. I uh, Like, how do you even measure that
1: deer? Yeah, you know I, what I'm saying? Yeah, like,
2: that's good,
0: that's so difficult.
2: Good question. They, uh, I know that night on a tailgate, I've not put a tape on him of any kind or messed with it, but... Um, somebody threw a tape measure around the burrs. Now, not where you would score him, but down on the burrs. And right. And they said they're 12-plus inches. Oh, so. I could believe every oh, bit of that. And look at those things. I
1: know. It almost comes down to his eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man. That was just cool. Such
0: a freaking beast of a deer. <laughs> so what – I mean, what – so that was last season. Like,
1: what what are you doing this year? Yeah. what, what do, <laughs> How do you top that
2: one? <laughs> I've been asked that question a lot. I don't know uh, well, you don't top it, right? I mean, that's a once in a thousand lifetimes, and you just appreciate it for what it is. But uh, uh, I've been asked quite a bit, you know, what's a, what's it going to feel like to shoot a 140 now? And I'm pretty sure it's going to feel just as good as it always has. Good. <laughs> that's the answer I want to hear. Yeah, yeah. That's, the, right. that's
1: the right way to think about it. Yeah, also. actually – Go ahead.
2: It actually kind of fired me up. You know, I've been doing some, some TSI work, some habitat work, and I don't know, just, just ready to go. That's good. Um, I don't know how you feel
0: about his mount, but mm-hmm. if you want to shout out the taxidermist, I'm looking at the pictures that you sent me, and that's a beautiful, some beautiful oh, he did, work there. Yeah,
2: man. He, he hit it out of the park. Yeah, he. Uh, that's uh, Jason Welker, Welker's taxidermy. He couldn't ask for a better job yeah he's he's gorgeous
0: yeah they did a really good job i mean and do you have to do anything with those antlers as far as the velvet uh Uh, you have to care for them like you would if it was a velvet deer or is it so just different
2: well they they told me a long time ago um a guy told me that if if that horn is hard under that velvet you shouldn't have to do anything but if it's not then you do and then there's i think there's quite a few methods that you can go about preserving it um basically this this was hard horned underneath uh, you know you you could stick your fingernail in it and it was it was hard, but um, basically all we did is uh, jason he he i think it's a product called Velvilot maybe um, he used that a time or two on him, and it really really freshened up the smell and made the velvet look newer, fresher uh, and that's that's about all we did. damn, that's awesome. that's pretty cool,
0: very cool. yeah. One of the more interesting Tales of the Chase stories I've heard just because it's, I don't know, man, you just, we could do this, our show for another 10 years, and I don't think we're going to see that again. <laughs> no, you know, I don't what saying. Th- I, th- I, 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 that's pretty, I'm lucky. really unique. And yeah, that lucky, is uh, why. Lucky enough
2: that he wanted to live across the road, I guess. Exactly.
0: And that's why we hunt, man, because you. Oh, for sure. You don't know. You never know nope. what's going to happen, you know, one year from the next. Now, sometimes it's things like this that are. I, awesome. And other times it's depressing, you know, like, I mean, we've talked about reptile enough on our show, you know, yeah. you, you always wonder what happened or, you know, like with Micah last year on, uh, the buck. My shoulder. Yeah. he shouldered like sometimes it's not fun. Other times it's a lot of fun, but no matter what, it's something that you're, you can't expect, you know,
1: did you, yeah. uh did you happen or did the neighbors approach you and be like, yeah, man, I've had pictures of him for however long or did they yeah, stay pretty um, quiet?
2: My uncle actually owns a farm that joins us there. And, um, uh, I know he had pictures of him for the last two years, maybe. And then another, another gentleman I know on the next farm, he he's had pictures of him. So he's, he's worked at, you know, it's a decent sized area there. Hmm. And, and that's what I know of. So, yeah, um, I, I actually assumed that there would be a few more come forward and say, yeah, I had that deer, but I haven't had that happen yet, you know, on camera.
0: Right. I mean, if you think about it, he probably became much harder to kill the last three years because he didn't have the problems with the rut that most bucks have.
2: Right and, you know, and like I said, I assumed that when that other buck left him that he maybe he'd take up with some does and get killable, but he did, did just the opposite you know he laid down he didn't get up till dark and yeah. laid back down by daylight His life
0: was about living and not dying like that's, that's all it. he wasn't worried about you know getting getting uh deer loving yeah so nope. it was it was just i, I I'm survival. I'm gonna eat and I'm not gonna die so right. you know a lot of those bucks that you hope would get a little stupid, during the rut, that didn't happen with him because he didn't rut those nope. last couple of years.
2: No, that's exactly right. And, and uh, like I said, it turned out to be making him harder to kill. But I, I was, I was hoping it was going to do just the opposite, but it didn't.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, at least the job got done one way or the other. Yeah, you so, got it done. Uh, how far? Uh, I was curious how far, about how far was your shot that you took on him?
2: Uh, oh, I don't know. It was maybe 120, 30 yards through the timber. Okay. Yeah. I
0: mean, yeah. that's still a difficult shot in the timber, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's close enough that you yeah, yeah you're like oh I can make this shot all day, but far yeah. enough that you're like please don't mess this up. <laughs> yeah, you
2: know, <laughs> it all happened so fast. I I didn't really do any thinking about missing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. Well, Brian, congratulations, man. I mean, I've I've known about this for a few months, and uh, we've kind of been in contact here and there, and I was going through some stuff you know, last week or whenever I talked to you and I'm just like, I've got to, we've got to talk to this guy. You know, it's, it's been on my <laughs> mind and uh glad I did because it's probably one of my favorite ones I've done, honestly. Um, awesome. Good just, deal. Just because the size, the velvet, the whole story. Yeah. yeah. You history. know, the history no. with them. The history, the unknown. We'll never know why the hell that happened to him Ever. No. You know, but. No. It, it's, it's kind of part of the story. You know, now we'll, it's just you'll never really know he just didn't have any balls i mean is right. what it is <laughs> <laughs> or they they were yeah. there and then they disappeared right so yeah. um do you have anybody you want to do any shout outs or anything before uh we uh hit the the stop button here
2: no i mean other than my my uh friends and family it' all real supportive and i never really kept this deer tight i mean i didn't send pictures out but all the friends and family, they all knew I was after him. And the support I got was unbelievable. And like I said, every time I talked to anybody, you know, before we got finished, the, the deer came up, you know. So, uh, yeah, it was it was quite awesome. And we had a hell of a crowd that night. And like I said, we burned pretty hot that night and yeah. celebrated. So.
0: Well, that's pretty awesome. And, you know, like I said, I mean, uh a friend of our show, Lee, actually sent us the picture because what I love about, another thing I like about Brian is uh, – he don't give two shits about social media, and I wish we I wish we could. Yeah, I wish we could, <laughs> yeah, wish you know? we could not uh, give two shits. <laughs> and it's just kind of you know, uh, not to you know say anything bad, but uh, I I say this as a uh, term of endearment. You know, Brian just strikes me as a good old boy who likes to hunt, and that's that's who we are. So we like talking right.
1: to those guys when those awesome stories happen to them. Yeah. Yeah, we really thanks, appreciate yeah. you coming on the show and uh
2: yeah, I, I giving it. us the yeah, story. Thanks for having me. Yeah.
1: All right, Brian. Well we appreciate
0: your time, man. Talk to you later.
2: All right, guys. Take care. See ya.